we made some quick decisive actions at the beginning of the pandemic just in case we cut founder salaries and we lowered burn um, but interest has only increased product usage has only increased and sales have only increased since the pandemic with the shift to remote work you are listening to conversations with nathan latka now if you're hearing this it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed to subscribe go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hey guys, my guest today is Chris Buttonham. He is building a company called Obi, a company changing the way organizations access and manage their collective knowledge. He got into the startup space kind of magically. No, really. I mean, he performed magic professionally at a young age and gravitated towards digital marketing to promote himself. By the age of 15, he registered his first business, a digital agency that provided marketing and design services for other entertainers and small businesses. He's a self-proclaimed serial entrepreneur, host of two podcasts, The Art of the Fail and Accelerating Support, and was the youngest founder accepted into batch 20 of the prestigious 500 Startups Accelerator program in California. Chris, you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready. All right, man. So what is OBI? And if people want to follow along, it's OBIE.ai. What's the company do? Yeah. So we built a faster way for companies to capture and access their collective internal knowledge. And how does that work? So right now, my team just up, we have a, it's all systematized via Google Drive. We upload documents, we label them correctly, we search, we find what we need. How do you make it? How do you do it better? Exactly. So you're, I'm sure digging through folders and file structures, trying to find those documents. So with OB, we make that knowledge more accessible. And we do that by uh, first putting an intelligent search on top, but also bringing the user experience into the workspaces that you're already spending your time. So we have robust integration with Slack. And we also just recently released our browser extension. So you can quickly pop open the OB browser extension, ask a quick question, and get that knowledge from Google Drive or anywhere else that information might live. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that I get asked all the time is, hey, Nathan, can we sponsor your podcast? So like years ago, I put together a one pager for this. And I just know the keyword in the file is sponsor podcast. So I just type it, download it, send it. What you're basically saying is you feel like you built a system where it reduces that by like one or two clicks somehow. Exactly, exactly. And, and oftentimes in a team setting, uh, this information is dispersed across multiple systems. So in your individual use case, um, sure, it might just live in Google Drive, but for a lot of organization, this is split across Confluence, Google Drive, Dropbox, you name it. And so we bring that into one single source of truth. Got it. And walk me through what people are paying for this. On average, what's a customer paying? Yeah, so our core product is very much uh, designed for mid-market uh, customers. And so we have designed our business model to accommodate that. 
the average price is uh, $399 a month. So we actually have flat pricing for up to 500 users. $399? Correct. But then we have a $60 admin fee. And so that's sort of our land and expand component. So for the administrators of, a let's say, an IT team who want to see insights and analytics on the questions that their employees are asking and discover knowledge gaps within the organization, that costs you $60 per seat. Per month. Yeah, on top of that, three ninety nine. Got it. But if you look at your current customer base today, right, and you add up, I mean, they're paying you divided by customer count. It's somewhere around four hundred bucks a month. Yeah, between four and six hundred dollars a month. Yeah, depending on on the size. Yeah. Okay. And when did you launch the company? What year? <clears throat> we actually launched the company in twenty fifteen. It's been through uh, a few major iterations. A, few, a couple magic tricks. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? The same idea in twenty fifteen. No, so we launched um, as an employee onboarding tool, and it was very focused on basically getting companies to create their knowledge in a new knowledge base. And that's actually why we built OB, because we discovered that organizations already have information documented. It lives in places like you said, Google Drive, Confluence, and they need a better way to access it. And it was right around the time Slack was emerging. They had just launched their app directory. And we saw a pretty cool moment in time where we could deeply integrate that existing knowledge into an existing workspace. Uh, and it, uh, it started working from, from there. Mm-hmm. Now, you've, you're in 500, so I assume you've raised some capital. How much have you raised to date? We've only raised about 750K in US. Um, so for the first three or four years of the company, we bootstrapped. So we're not your typical Silicon Valley uh, company. We've been very scrappy. Um, we're still very lean and we're not um, dependent on the sort of VC uh, treadmill, if, if you will. Yep. So $750,000 raised today. And what's your team size? We're only five today. Five. How many engineers? Uh, one. One. Okay. Got it. And what's your background? Uh, nothing specific. <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. That's, that's how I like to explain but you're it. Not, you're I, not writing code for the platform. No, I am not. I'm, I'm a self, self-taught product designer. So I do uh, all of the design work here at OB. Uh, and then, of course, all the other tasks that go along with starting a company. Yep. And, and again, launch 2015, many pivots. How many customers are you working with today? We have about 40 mid-market customers, and then we just launched our browser extension, and that's super green, but that has more of a B2B to C um, focus, so that's going to be sort of a volume play. Mm-hmm. Can I take those 40 customers times that like 450-ish dollar a month average? You're doing like, what, 15 to 20 grand a month right now in revenue, something like that? Yeah, we're doing about 25K uh, a month in revenue. Oh, great. Okay, good. Now, I assume because you raise capital, you're burning to drive growth. Is that accurate? And if so, about how much are you burning per month, even during COVID when people are trying to extend runways? Yep, yep. So we're still, we're burning about 30K a month. Okay. I mean, does that make you nervous? No, actually, um, you know, we've been, knock on wood, sort of fortunate with this whole this whole uh, pandemic. Um it, it, it's going to turn out net positive for us, at least so far. We we made some quick decisive actions at the beginning of the pandemic, just in case. We cut founder salaries and we lowered burn. Um, but interest has only increased, product usage has only increased, and sales have only increased since the pandemic with the shift to remote work. So just to be clear, you're doing about twenty five grand a month in revenue right now. Your total mm-hmm. expenses 
are about 55 grand. So your net burn is 30 grand a month. Correct. Now, you know, it's not exactly binary because you've got annual subscriptions and monthly billing and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, you're, you're accurate there. And, and well, I mean, a lot of founders did what you did, right? They cut their salary. I mean, out of here, I mean, how do you have the tough conversations about how much you cut your salary? And then the decisions about, well, crap, I have real living expenses. I live in Menlo Park. It's not cheap, right? I mean, how do you yeah. think through all that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what makes our team unique is that we've constantly had to make those tough decisions. Like before we got into 500 startups, the company was almost dead. And, you know, we hung on, we bootstrapped, we got really creative with the expenses. So this isn't something that's foreign to us. Um, I, I mean, we, me and my co-founder made the decision to not cut our employees' salaries, just our own. So that conversation becomes a little easier yeah. to have. Um, but we did set the expectation with the team that if things took a turn for the worst, that that's where it would end up. So just setting the expectations early is, is what we decided to do. Did you guys, do you guys just split the company 50, 50? Uh, it's not exactly <laughs> like that. The cap table is a little messy from the early days. Tell me about that. That's it's, it's by the way, it's messy for everyone. That's why I asked the yes. question. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, this is something again is like you live and you learn, but early on, one of the reasons that we were able to sustain being alive um, and being scrappy was we brought people on for equity. Um, and for tax purposes, we brought those people on for actual founder stock, which again, you live and you learn, uh, but it makes the cap table a little bit messy. Uh, having said that, you know me and my co-founder still own most of the company. Uh, we've raised all of our money on notes to date, so we still retain control. Um, but I actually, I don't know if I would do it necessarily differently in terms of sweat sweat equity because we wouldn't have gotten here without those those amazing people's help, um, and we didn't have any money to pay them. So yeah. you know, we we came from a rural place in Canada where VC isn't all that prominent and we weren't successful, you know, um, founders that have had big exits or anything like that. So we got creative and, uh, and it's got us to where we got to today. You, you gotta be creative, but uh, it sounds like you and your co-founder still own what you said. A majority is like more than six, 60, 70%. Yeah. About 60% of the company. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's not, not horrible. Um, and then walk me through again that the second tough decision you guys just made, right? So, I mean, what were you guys paying yourselves and what did you guys decide to cut it down to? Okay, well, so we we were paying ourselves, we paid ourselves nothing for the first two, two years of the company. Um, and then as we started generating revenue, we paid ourselves, I don't know, some poverty level salary, like $30,000 dollars. Uh, uh, a year Canadian dollars. <laughs> um, and then it was 50 and then we got up to like 80 and, um, and, you know, we're trying to recoup some of the debt that we've personally, um, put ourselves into, but, you know, we feel comfortable doing those things because we have generated revenue, um, enough revenue to keep the business, uh, sustainable if we had to cut expenses. Um, but yeah, we cut our, our salaries recently 20%. Um, but we're in a position now where things look stable. Like I said, it looks like this actually will end up helping us. We're yep. very grateful for that. So we're, we're probably going to go back to what we were. So you cut from like 80 down to like 65, something like exactly. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that your co-founder cranking behind you? Yep. That's him. <laughs> nice. 
A lot of you guys will ping me out of the blue at asking for help selling your software companies, but I'm not a broker and I'm really focused on founder path right now, not helping folks sell their company. So I'm always looking for great tools to recommend for you guys to quickly figure out what you could potentially sell your company for and how much cash you could get. That's where Flippa comes in. Now, here's my thing about brokerages, especially for selling your company. You guys should not have to pay a 10% brokerage fee when you put your blood, sweat, and tears into building your company for years that have a sale. All smart founders know, though, that the best way to maximize price is to have multiple options. So how do you get multiple options, multiple bids on your company without paying a broker 10% or more? Well, I recommend Flippa because they have the largest list of buyers for these sorts of digital assets, which almost always guarantees a bidding war. I tell my founder friends all the time to try Flippa's valuation calculator to see what their company is worth. And I encourage you guys to do it today. Go to nathanlacka.com forward slash Flippa right now to test out the valuation calculator for free. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash F-L-I-P-P-A. Let me see. So what else am I missing here, right? About the story, right? You told us you launched 2015, sort of messy cap table, but that saved you cash early on. 40 customers today, 25 grand in MRR. You're burning right now, which is fine. I mean, what about churn? Churn's critical in a SaaS company. Yeah, so I mean that took us a while to figure out. So we say that we launched OB in 2017, which is uh, when we were coming out of 500 startups. That's sort of when we pivoted in into OB away from the onboarding solution. And it took us until last year to figure out churn. We really, that's sort of when we discovered that, uh, you know, we've hit this elusive thing called product market fit, um, uh, defined by just surveying a lot of users and, um, and using some of the existing frameworks out there. But now we have churn really stable. It's below 3% a month. So um, it took us a long time to figure that out, though. And and it's become uh, the core product. When I talk about the mid-market product that's based on top of Slack, that's very niche for us. And that's why we recently uh, developed the browser extension to sort of broaden our horizon a little bit. Um, but in order to get to product market fit, in order to get that churn down and really understand who a qualified customer was, we had to narrow that scope a lot. Yep. And what is your, you know, you can survive with a lot of churn if you're not bleeding cash to acquire customers, right? So to get a new 400 or $500 a month customer, what are your, what's your fully weighted CAC? Yeah. So that's where it's a blessing and a curse for us. So we do not yet know how to take $1 and turn it into two, which is unfortunate. What is fortunate about our model is that 95% of our sales come inbound organic. So we're relying heavily on existing channels of distribution, like the Slack app directory, the Atlassian marketplace, Google marketplace, so on and so forth. We're investing in content marketing and SEO, which seems to be starting to work, but um, we do not do almost any paid acquisition. We do some experiments from time to time. We do a little bit of retargeting. So I can't actually tell you what our, our CAC is. Walk me through sort of these early paid experiments. Have you tested any sort of Google or Facebook ads? And if so, how the tests go? Oh yeah, yeah. We've, t- we've tested all of the channels um, in many different ways. Uh, I think what we've discovered, this is sort of anecdotal, but uh, OB is very much an impulse buy, and it it's a 
sort of specific time in the buyer journey type thing where you can't really hit them with the ad if they really haven't felt this pain to a certain degree. And that that pain is very specific at a very specific time in a company's journey. Um, and that's really difficult to narrow in on, on paid ads. What has worked though is retargeting. Um, so people that are coming in from some of those free channels and then just retargeting them to keep the brand top of mind and also doing some, uh, targeted ads specifically on Google against competitor keywords has been, um, you know, there, there's a, there's a, a market, there's a vertical that's growing in our space on these like modern knowledge tools. And so, um, they are way more capitalized than we are. And so leveraging some of their, uh, traffic that they're paying for and getting in front of their customers is something that's starting to work for us as well. Some of your content marketing plays that you rank really high for are things like Slack custom emoji, uh, which you rank in a 10th pers- <laughs> position. Yeah. You get 21 hits per Google orientation, uh, t- tasty, but spelled wrong because maybe I think you're mm-hmm. maybe your parent company is called tasty um, tacit. I, or yeah. tacit. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I don't see though a lot of like, um, you know, Slack to customer success portal, you know, tricks or like mm-hmm. content keywords like that. Are you experimenting with that? And if so, when, when do you think those will start ranking for you? We are. It's just super low volume, which is, I think, the unfortunate part about the core product um, and the sort of segment that we've reached product market fit in is quite niche mm-hmm. where and that's where we're trying to remove that platform dependency, broaden our horizon a little bit on the product side, which also broadens our horizon on the type of customers that we can acquire and make successful and not churn and so on and so forth, which is, you know, putting us in a better position to compete against some of the other solutions out there in the market. You giggled with the emoji stuff. It's also, it seems to be what people <laughs> search you for. Is that, I mean, is there a market there? What's the story there? Story is we've, we've written a shitload of blogs and there's a couple that just went viral and like like that and there's no rhyme or reason you know just writing on the topic of slack and that that's the one that seems to continuously drive a a ton of traffic it's so funny all right real quick pick a baby slack atlassian uh, or microsoft which marketplace drives you more new trials slack interesting all right man let's wrap up here with the famous five number one favorite business book the subtle art of not giving a fuck number two is there a ceo you're following or studying Elon Musk. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the company? Trello. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Five and a half. Okay. And what's your situation? Married, single, kids? Uh, girlfriend. No, okay, good. Not good answer. Uh, not married. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Single Single would get you in trouble. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All right. So, so not married and uh, no kids. How old are you? I'm 28. 28. Last question. What do you wish you knew when you were 20? Managing people was hard. Guys, there you have it. Obi.ai, if you want to check them out, find and capture knowledge faster at work. They've got about 40 customers paying 450 bucks a month, doing about $25,000 a month in revenue. Founded back in 2015, raised about 750 grand to grow the brand, currently burning about $30,000 per month. They look to scale with a team of five, churns about 3% per month, trying to obviously improve that. Uh, again, as they use Slack, Atlassian, Microsoft, App Exchanges to drive additional customer growth. Chris, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks for having me.